You may be seated tonight. I just want to say um, a heartfelt thank you for your support uh, for the revival. Uh, I hope you received something. I hope you received a touch from God uh, during our meetings. And if you were not able to be here and many were out of town or, or sickness or one thing or another, uh, we, we desperately missed you, but uh, we believe that God has something in store for us now. Amen? And so thank you. I want to say thank you to our worship team. Did they not bring it? Amen? They, they brought it. And I appreciate them and, and uh, the work that went into that and the, and the heart and opening themselves up just to lead us in worship. And they had some, some long sets there for a while, so I appreciate all that they did. Amen. It's uh, Saturday. Take your Bibles. Go with me to Nehemiah. A couple of quick announcements. Uh, Cheryl does have some uh, fresh fruits and vegetables next door. If anybody would like some, uh, she'll meet you over there right after service. Empty nesters, you're going to have their ice cream social. It's going to be the youth are going to be hosting uh, the empty nesters. That's going to be Saturday, uh, the 20th, and it starts at 5 p.m. Also, the Flourish Women's Ministry will be meeting after church uh, following the morning service. And uh, they've got lunch and all prepared or going to lunch. I cannot see my notes. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's a potluck. A potluck. Okay, thank you. Also, um, we will begin to announce uh, in greater detail on Sunday. But we're going to make a, a few changes in our children's ministry. Sunday, uh, our boys and girls ministry starting the first Wednesday. The first Wednesday in September is moving to Wednesday night. We're going to have and start Kids Life Life class. And I have gathered a team to attention that I was not anticipating uh, in the text that I had read, and I'm going to share that with you. What our purpose is and how we may fulfill your will. I ask for the anointing tonight, leading God every word. And Father, I'll be careful to give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Nehemiah, the fourth chapter, we've been camped out here for some time, but I want to begin reading in the 13th verse. And this is Nehemiah, they're building the wall. We've taken a step back here, but we'll get down to where I want us to go here in just a moment. Verse 13 says, Therefore, now there was a constant attack, a threat of attack, I should say, that the enemy kept coming in. So in Nehemiah 4 and 13, Therefore I set guards... At the lowest positions, along the wall and just inside the wall, at the unrepaired areas. Also stationed the people by family, providing them individually, notice this, providing them individually their own swords, spears, and bows. After I looked around, I stood up and said to the nobles, the rulers, the rest of the people, stop being terrified because of them. Talking about the enemy. Remember instead that the Lord is great and awesome. So fight for each other and for your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. 
Now when our enemy heard that this had become known to us and that God had brought their counsel to nothing, then we all returned to the wall, everyone to his work. After that day, half of the servants did the work while the other half handled the spears, shields, bows, and body armor. Commanders were appointed to support every house of Judah. Those rebuilding the wall and those hauling the loads were working with one hand doing the task but with the other hand holding the weapon. For the builders, everyone had his sword bound to his side, even while rebuilding. The trumpet blower worked beside me. I said to the nobles, the rulers, the rest of the people, the work is vast and very large, since we are spread out along the wall far from each other. Let's stop right there. Let's stop there at verse 18. Now, as we look at this, I want you to know I'm not going to that place. You thought I was going to that place because I've said that place and promised you I would go back there, but I'm not going there. I'll just make that statement again for those that may have um, stepped in for the first time and have never heard. But this is what we need to understand before we get headlong into this message is that you notice when they were building the wall, they were resurrecting the city. They were creating uh, the, the capital city, the city of Zion, the city of Jerusalem. With one hand, they had their hand on the tool, and the other hand, they had their hand on the sword. You will never have a building without a battle. Okay? So when you step into a place and you start to feel the victory of God and you start to feel the movement of the Spirit of the Lord, I'm not telling you to be afraid. I'm just telling you to be wise and understand but God is not mad at you. Just because, you know, your, your refrigerator goes out doesn't mean God's mad at you. Just because your washer and dryer quit working doesn't mean God's mad at you. Come on. It, it, it means that maybe you're not doing something wrong. Maybe it's you're doing something right. <laughs> Never be a building without a battle. But what I want to look at tonight <clears throat> as Nehemiah, and we study the Word of God, when we see the positive impact of deliverers, priests, prophets, kings, judges, those individuals, when we see the positive impact and the, uh, the positive influence that those individuals have, do you know that we're looking at a type of Christ? So when we look at Nehemiah, as you look at so many others, Moses as a deliverer was a type of Christ, and Joshua as a deliverer was a type of Christ, and David as a king was a type of Christ. But Nehemiah is one who is rebuilding the city, so he is a representation of a type of Christ. And we could even go as far to say he is a type of a deliverer because he's rebuilding the city of God, the place of worship, the inhabited, the place that God wants to inhabit. So with that, uh, just quick notes before I get into what I'm going to talk about tonight. Notice as Nehemiah, type of Christ, and notice what he does. He sets guards at the lowest position. He sets guards at the lowest position. Building the wall and you're, you've got all this wreckage and ruin in your life and everything's around and you haven't come to the haven't come to the realization of everything God has done and everything God will do for you. You know what the Lord, he sets guards on those low positions. That in our weakness, we're made strong. That weakness is not our enemy, but it's an avenue by which God will begin to show us his massive, awesome grace. So he sets guards and, and this is what the Lord does for you and I. 
Notice there, he, he provides for them each individual, every individual, all of the builders get their own spear, they get their own sword, they get their own shield. Don't you know that the Lord has given us the armor? Amen. Amen. The armor of God. We each have our own, our own sword, our, our, our shield of faith, our helmet of salvation. It is not just given to preachers. It's not just given to evangelists. It's not just given to uh, prophets. It's given to us all. God has equipped us, empowered us. Notice he said, stop being terrified. How many times has the Lord spoke that word to us? Why, why are you so afraid? Have I abandoned you? Have, have I left you? Have I ever not fulfilled something I said in my word? Why are you so terrified? But I love what, what Nehemiah says, and this is what the Lord says to you and I. Remember instead, instead of being afraid, do this. Remember instead how great and awesome God is. Every time that you run into fear, just take a, take a step back and just remember, in, just do this instead of being afraid. That tells me I've got a choice in the matter. Instead of being gripped with anxiety, stress, worry, and, and cares of this world, wait a minute, let me take a step back. Let me, let me do this. Instead, let me begin to reflect upon, upon how good and how awesome our God is. Amen? This is not even what I want to preach to you tonight. She says, good, so good, because she's tired of that. She wants to move on. No, I thought what she said. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. What caught my attention was this. You got the builders out there. They're each doing their part. Nehemiah being a repre representing a type of Christ. Who was closest to Nehemiah? The trumpeters. When I read that, the Lord just spoke to me. And he said, I'm gathering together my trumpeters. I'm gathering together my trumpeters. See, Jesus is the one who ultimately went and fulfilled Isaiah 58 and 12. Though it was speaking of Nehemiah and Ezra and those those from among you shall rebuild the old waste places. They shall raise the foundation of many generations. They will be called the repairer of the breach and the restorers of paths to dwell in. In other words, when it can't get to that resting place, Jesus said, I'm going to come and I'm going to make a way where there is no way so they can return to that place of rest. In fact, when there's breaches between me and them, I'm going to, put, I'm going to repair those. I am the breach that puts it all back together again. And so as, as we look at this, there's a rebuilding, but who is God going to use to, uh, now to rebuild the, uh, the waste places that we look around us? And the Lord is saying to you and I, I am gathering together. In fact, if you want to be close to me, you've got to be a trumpeter. If, if you're going to walk alongside of me, you've got to be one who echoes my voice from eternity. And in fact, you've got to know the word. You've got to be in the word. The word's got to be in you. you. You see, the trumpet 
trumpet represents the voice of God. How can you speak, thus says the Lord, unless you know the Lord who's speaking, amen? And, and I think there's a lot, of, a lot of talk going on in the world today, and, and maybe even in Christendom, though I'm not going to throw rocks at the church, but I, I got a sneaky feeling that, that maybe the Lord is up to something, and maybe the Lord is looking for a few folks that, that are really hungry for his presence, and, and, and they just don't want to go to church as usual. They're not interested in, 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 in the simple song service. that They're just wanting to have more than a message. They want to have the messenger show up and begin to speak through them and begin to speak over their, their family, their home, their city, and their nation. I don't know about you, but I, I just feel an urging in my spirit that God is looking for somebody. He can walk alongside of him and walk and talk with him and listen to what he has to say and listen to what God declares over them and them to begin to echo out there into this world to say, no, God didn't do it that way. No, God didn't do that to you. No, let me tell you who he is. Let me tell you who he is in you. See, there's a lot of voices today. Elijah shows us that. 850 false imagers, false prophets telling Israel, you're this and you're that. Telling Israel, you're perverted. Telling Israel, you're bound. Telling Israel, you're depressed. Telling Israel, this is your cancer. This is your sickness. This is your disease. But there's a voice of the Spirit of the Lord that comes and illuminates the, the sacrifice that's on the altar that answers from heaven above when God begins to declare and he, the Spirit comes and he illuminates the completed work of Christ and he declares to all of Israel the covenant people. He declares to all of Judah the covenant people. He declares to all the church the covenant people. This is who you are. You are not what they say you are. This is who you are. You are the righteous, redeemed, blood-bought children of the King. You are an heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are not depressed. You are now delivered by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I've just got a knowing that God wants some folks to walk with him. Nehemiah was there as a type of Christ to earth. See, Israel was, was conditioned by the trumpet. They were conditioned by the trumpet. And in the conditioning of the trumpet, they knew. They knew because Mo, Moses was told, said, I want you to create, forge two silver trumpets. And if one trumpet is being sounded, then the priesthood the leaders, they knew to gather. This is in the Word. Now, if you hear both trumpets sound, that means everybody comes, everybody shows up. If we're going to have a new moon, you know it's going to be a new moon, a new season, a new month, because the trumpet's going to sound. It's going to give off a certain sound. When it's the time to gather for the 10 days before the atonement, it's going to lead right into the Feast of Tabernacles. What's going to happen is going to be the Feast of Trumpets. It's going to, all day long, all that's going to happen is a long blast of the horn. A long blast of the horn. And that's also the indication when the king 
was coming into the city. When the king was coming into the city, you would hear a long, continuous blast over and over and over. Now, if there was a battle that was an enemy that came in, it was the trumpeters that were there that blew the trumpet, and they knew according to the sound of the trumpet whether it was time to, whether it was a holy day, whether they should be at the temple if the king was coming, or they need to get their armor on because it's time for battle, because it's time to engage in battle. Now, as we look here, what I'm on, we see in Jeremiah, I just want to go back over there and, and review Jeremiah 1. As we talk about the trumpet representing the voice of God, what we, what we see here is the word of the Lord going out. And he called me, uh, Jeremiah and said, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you, in the womb I knew you. Aren't you glad God knew you before you ever existed? Before your mama and daddy ever knew you, God already knew you, but he knew who you are, who, what you would be, what he wants you to be. You're not here by accident. You didn't show up in this generation, in this nation by mistake. God knows his people. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said, do not say, I am a youth. For you shall go to whom I send, and wherever you, I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand, and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth, See, I have this day set, over, set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. How was Jeremiah, how was Jeremiah, this youth, going to be able to do this monumental task of destroying the works of the enemy and at the same time building up the kingdom of God? How was he going to be able to do this? The way he was going to do that was by the word, by the word of God. When God touched his lips and touched his mouth, and he said, now my words are in your mouth. But folks, when we stay close to God, the trumpeter staying close to God, he puts his words in our mouth. And when the word of God goes forth, don't say you can't. Don't say, you might as well say when you say I can't, what you're telling God is I won't. But folks, what we need to do is change the conversation and begin to allow the the word of God to dictate and to communicate through us so that when we speak to those dry bones that are out there, we don't say, yeah, they're dead. They're dead and they look dead to me. Those bones laying out in that valley, those are dead bones. I don't know. Lord, they just look dead to me. They look too far gone. But what did the prophet Ezekiel say? He said, when asked the question, can they live? He said, Lord, you know. 
You know, you know what you want to do before you ever, before you ever call me. The Lord knew what he wanted to do with you long before he ever called you, long before he ever put you here. Oh, let me tell you, stop living in this mindset that you are a dismal failure and that you're living on plan B and C and D. What you're living in is plan A. God knew where you would be, when you would be there, and he knows what he has in store for you. And what he's looking for is for you to walk alongside him and for him to be able to declare out of your mouth his works. Amen? The word of God. The word of God. The trumpeters. Okay, I'm gathering my trumpeters in. I'm gathering my trumpeters. I'm gathering them near me. I want them to walk with me. We see at the dedication. Mm, this is so beautiful. We see at the dedication I'll give you the scripture reference so you make sure I'm not lying. At the, at the dedication of the, of the temple. My gosh, what are you doing with all these notes? Okay. You'll never get through all of that. It's almost over. The dedication, 2 Chronicles 5 and 7. Here is Solomon. I love this verse. Solomon, 2 Chronicles 5 and 7. Then the priest brought the Ark of the Covenant... Of the Lord to its place. Brought the ark of the, the ark of the Lord was sitting, was camped out where it didn't need to camp out, but now we've built a house. Now let's go put it in its place. It, it don't need to be out there anymore. It needs to be in its place. Let's put it in its place. Let's put the Ark of the Covenant where it goes, in the house. Let's take the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God, which also represents Jesus, because what's inside tells us that represents Jesus, because he is the high priest represented by the, by the Aaron's rod that budded. He is the, the man of that, that was poured down in the wilderness, and he is the, the very will, the command of God, and, and, and we, the will of God is fulfilled in him through the commandments. So the Ark is Jesus, and where does Jesus go? He goes inside the temple. Thought you might get more out of that than I did. So, this is what caught my eye. Second Chronicles 5, 12. Let me just skip down to the latter part of verse 12 there. So here's a priest having cymbals, strings, instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments and the music and the praise, saying, For he, speaking of God, is good, for his mercy endures forever. 120 priests blowing the trumpet. And the result of that was the response was, He, God, is good, and His mercy endures forever. 
the trumpet of God being sounded along with the praise. And the people were in one accord and one mind. Oh, they were gathered together. How good and how pleasant it is when my when the brethren dwell together in unity. Oh, when the church comes together in unity and there's one mind, one voice, one, uh, one, one praise going up to the Lord. Does it, anybody tie that into something where there's some goodness heard in a city called Jerusalem where there was how many people were in that upper room 120 and the spirit of the Lord began to blow through the through those through those hearts and all of a sudden, there was a, 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 a rushing mighty wind, and it came, and it, it filled the whole room. And a, you can't make a sound with a trumpet without some wind. Amen? I, I can go pick up that. I don't know if I could do it or not, but Billy would probably shoot me. But if I picked up that horn, I, I can't make that horn work without some wind. Amen? Let me tell you, you can't have a sound from heaven or a sound that's going to affect earth unless that wind's coming from heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in hearing some or, or being a part of some mental ascent and maybe feel better about some moral principles which I believe in morality I believe that we need to walk in integrity but let me tell you what I'm interested in is hearing a voice come out of the mouth of the church that is a, blow, a trumpet blowing in Zion again and that trumpet is now awakening nations and people begin to declare the Lord he is good his mercy Mercy endures forever. Just looking for some trumpeters. What is required to be a trumpeter? Well, you got to be willing to be close to the Lord. You got to be willing to get into His Word. You got to be willing to walk alongside Him. And when he says it's time to gather, you open your mouth and you begin to declare it's time to gather. Church, I think we make it all too complicated these days. Amen? Gideon, come here, son. I want you to go tear down those false images. I'm tired of you being told this is who you are. I can't do that during the day. Do it at night. Just get it done. Now, Gideon, make the call. Blow the trumpet. Get them all out here. Everybody will show up. 32,000. Lord, that's pretty good. Pretty good odd. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good army. I'll take a congregation of 32,000. Son, you'd whittle it down to three. You just leave me alone. Let me, let me, let me test them for you. Oh, Lord, no. I'll do my own testing, Okay. Said, no, I'm gonna do my I'm gonna do the testing. He took thirty-two thousand down to ten thousand. Lord, is that is that enough? No, it's not enough. You're gonna say you still won the victory. Let me get. Let's do it with three hundred. Three hundred against an innumerable host that has come against. Anybody ever feel in the natural we're a little bit outnumbered? The Lord said, I'm, I'm going to stage a conflict. I'm fixing to set something up here. 
In fact, in the dark night, I want you to gather those 300. I want you to put them on the hero side. And every one of them is going to have a jar with a light and they're going to have a trumpet. And what they're going to do is they're going to break that, that, that jar so that the light will shine. At the moment the light begins to shine, you're going to blow the trumpet. Uh, and it's going to so freak those people out. Uh, the enemy that has stood up against you because they were not expecting uh, it, it, Gideon and his army to show up. Uh, they were not. In fact, God had already prepared their heart uh, and they were gripped with fear. And when they began to blow the trumpet, the light was shown in that darkness uh, and those enemies were defeated. They turned on themselves. If that's not proof enough, when Israel came in and they're going to go in and conquer the promised land, they've got a city of Jericho, walled up city, now it's been penetrated, impenetrable walls. There's strongholds, folks, that are out there that seem to be impenetrable. They, they seem to be... They seem to be so, so guarded and so heavy, and there's no way around them. And maybe in the natural, there's not. Maybe you don't have the resources or the means to do that, but God's got a plan. He said, I want you to walk around it one day for six days, just one time around. But what you're going to be listening to, because you're going to keep your mouth shut, you're going to be listening to the trumpeters as they march around. Then the seventh day, you're going to go around seven times, and on the seventh round at the last time then the trumpeter is going to sound and then you're going to sound you're, you're going to hear the trumpet sound and then you're going to sound you're going to hear the trumpet begin to blow and you're going to hear the sound as it were coming from heaven and then your voice is going to be heard and when you shout that holy shout now you're going to begin to see the walls begin to crumble but where did it begin began with the trumpeters and the voice of God. Lord, how am I going to Jeremiah speaking? How in the world am I going to do this thing? I can't speak. Church, I believe it's time we stop saying I can't. Get close to God. Let the trumpet... 37 more pages of notes and I'm not sure which one to go to. The trumpet represents the voice of God. Represents the voice of God. The long blast declares the coming of the Lord. Oh, there's one, but when the first mention of a trumpet in the Word of God is when Moses is going up to the mountain. In Exodus 19, he says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down. Upon Mount Sinai, in the sight of all the people, you shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourself that you do not go up to the mountain to touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain will surely be put to death. Not a hand shall touch him. 
but he shall surely be stoned or shot with an arrow, whether man or beast. You shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. Now Paul, or the author of Hebrews, gives reference. Can I take just a moment and read this passage? It's too powerful not to. Is this all right? Listen. For we are not coming as Moses did to a physical mountain. Notice the trumpet was saying, you guys can come, but you don't touch the mountain. To a physical mountain with, a burning, with its burning fire, thick clouds of darkness and gloom with a raging whirlwind. We are not those who are being warned by the jarring blast of a trumpet and the thundering voice, the fearful voice that they begged to be silenced. They couldn't handle God's command that said, if so much as an animal approaches the mountain, it is to be stoned to death. The astonishing phenomenon that Moses witnessed caused him to shudder with fear, and he could only say, I am trembling in terror. By contrast, we are already come near to God in a totally different realm. The realm, the Zion realm. For we have entered the city of the living God, which is the new Jerusalem in heaven. We have joined the festival gathering of myriads of angels in their joyous celebration. And as members of the church of the firstborn, all our names have been legally registered as citizens of heaven. And we have come before God who judges all, who lives among the spirits of the righteous, who have been made perfect in his eyes. And we have come to Jesus who established a new covenant with the blood sprinkled upon the mercy seat, blood that continues to speak from heaven. Forgiveness! A better message than Abel's blood that cries from earth justice. Make very sure that you neither refuse to listen to God when he speaks for God who speaks on earth from Sinai is the same God who speaks from heaven. Those who heard him speak his living word on earth found nowhere to hide. So what chance is there for us to escape if we turn our backs on God and refuse to hear his warnings as he speaks from heaven? The earth was rocked at the sound of his voice from the mountain. But now... He has promised once and for all. I would not only shake the systems of the world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realms. Now this phrase, once and for all, clearly indicates the final um, removal of that which is shaken. That is the old order. So only the unshakable rem will remain. Since we are receiving our rights, listen, we're receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom. We should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe. For our God is holy, devouring read a statement a few days ago and I liked it. God only speaks victory. He doesn't speak defeat. It gives us 
this beautiful, beautiful tapestry of this wonderful wheel. I don't know if you know, but the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father's not an angry, austere Father who is there trying to wipe out his children. No, he has woven seamlessly the redemptive plan from the beginning, making the first sacrifice all the way to the sacrifice of his son. He, he did this so that you and I could see how wonderful and how awesome our God is. And when he came down, he came down upon Mount Zion and, or Mount Sinai and he sat there. And when his voice was heard, it caused the very earth to begin to quake and begin to tremble. But Paul is telling us here, which I believe either he or Barnabas wrote Hebrews, but we see here the author of Hebrews when he speaks he said there's going to be a louder voice that's going to bring a shaking not just to the mountain it's going to bring a shaking and it's going to shake the entirety of the world and only those things which remain those things will be of God and eternal but what we do see in this is that the where will God speak from he will speak from Mount Zion that is the church where does the lion roar he roars from Zion. Where does the voice of God need to be heard? It needs to be heard from the church. And how can we speak the words of God that we don't know? Get in the book. Stay close to the Father. Stay close to the Son. Let the Spirit begin to blow through you. Begin to declare over your children. There's some people today that are only here today is because someone spoke the word over them. Someone spoke the word over them. And it is my mission since the revival that we had, and I am closing, since the meetings that we had, I felt a new assignment from the Lord. And that new assignment is your freedom. That new assignment is the liberation of this church through the transformation of the power of God. That the work that is needed is not a work for one person, but God will use every person that is willing. So I want you to prepare your hearts to let the Lord begin to take some things off. When you feel like the shaking is too much, just keep your hand on the Lord. Put your trust in Him. Don't get your eyes. Remember what Nehemiah said as a type of Christ? Instead of fearing, instead of fearing, just put your hand, just turn to the Lord and remember how awesome and mighty He is. And how much he really is in control. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your mercy and goodness. Lord, you're gathering the trumpeters, Lord God. There are trumpeters in this room. 
trumpeters in this house. They've been commissioned, Lord God. They're commissioned, Lord, to walk with you. They're commissioned, Father God, to hear your voice. They're commissioned, Lord God. Lord, uh, when you say blow the trumpet uh, because it's time to gather, they're going to blow the trumpet and witness uh, as someone in the right moment at the right time uh, and say, hey, won't you come uh, and go with me to the house of the Lord? Hey, why don't you? I, I got something I want to share with you. Uh, it, it, can we just gather here just a moment? Uh, uh, can I tell you about the king that is coming? Uh, oh, there's trumpeters that are in here, and they're going to be the ones that are standing, the prophets that are looking out uh, on the horizon that Lord God, not just the gatekeepers, Lord God, uh, but they're going to be the watchmen, Lord, sitting on the wall uh, to declare, no, uh, the enemy is coming. Uh, they're also going to be the one declaring, get ready because the king is coming. Uh, my God, you're looking for some trumpeters, Lord. I want you to stand all across this room right now. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. I'm not looking at you. I'm not asking your personal business. I don't want to know about the things that, that, that necessarily you're struggling with. But right now, I just want you to lift your hands and say, God, I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free in this house. I want to be liberated from my fear. I want to be liberated from every measure of insecurity. I want to be liberated, Lord God, from every every self-effort. I'm tired of hearing the voice of what I am when it's contrary to who you say that I am. Lord God, I want to know what you know. I want to feel what you feel. I want to share life with you. Lord, we're giving, Lord God, a, a, a heartfelt, total, Lord God, complete surrender to the living God. Lord, we yield ourselves to you tonight. Lord, we are part of the unshakable kingdom. We have, our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. We are citizens and heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And Lord, we stand, God, in our, in our citizenship of this unshakable kingdom. And Lord, we believe, Almighty God, that you've called us to this generation. Even before you formed us, Lord God, in the womb, you knew who we were and you knew where we would be, Lord God, in this hour. And Lord, we surrender. Lord, we surrender. Lord, we surrender, Lord God, to you. Oh, God, you've been shaking some lives around, Lord God. Lord, there's been some upheaval, Lord God. There's been some foundational things, Lord God. Lord, you are shaking it up, Lord. Oh, Father, so that what remains, Lord God, we may see is of you. Lord, we thank you tonight for your mercy. We thank you, Lord God, for your mercy. We thank you, Lord God, for your grace. Lord, make us trumpeters, Lord God. Trumpeters, Lord. Trumpeters, Lord. In these last days. Who wants to be a trumpeter tonight? Two things. Get in the Word. Stay close to Him. That's it. Get in the Word. Stay close to Him. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Appreciate you. Tonight, we're going to take up our missions offering. Tim and Eleanor Bentley, they are missionaries to the country of Macedonia. And in that region, it is a, a, a region. I had some notes here on them. My notes have notes. They live in a, in a, in a region, in an area where there's only 1% of the population is Christian evangelical Christian there are 30 unreached people groups 
I believe the Lord's going to begin to cause the trumpet to sound. Macedonia. Amen. So we just get prepared for our missions offering. Lift your, lift your hearts and your hands. Father, we just come before you, Lord, right now. And Lord, we just pray, Father, for the Bentleys. We pray, Father God, in this area, Lord God, of the untreached people group. Lord, they're wanting to start, Lord God, uh, 10 churches, Lord God. Lord, in, in one year, Lord God. And, uh, Lord, they want to, in, in, in 20 years, they're wanting to, to, to open all kinds of churches in, in these unreached areas. I just pray, Father, that you would exceed all of their expectations. That, Lord, that your spirit would begin to move and that your voice would be heard. And that, Lord God, there'll be a voice from heaven, Lord God, to begin to open hearts and minds and spirits, Lord. And that people will enter into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and be baptized in your spirit. And Lord, let the let the harvest, Lord God, begin to turn and become labors, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. And Lord, bless the gift and the giver tonight, Lord, as we look to you, Lord God, and ask what you would have us to give tonight toward, Lord God, missions. We thank you, Father, for the privilege in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Make sure you're there 5 o'clock on Saturday or I'm going to eat all of your ice cream.